Welcome to Green City, a podcast focused on sustainability. I'm your host, Lene Marty Henson. We invite you to listen in on our conversations for positive change. It is my hope that we can all come away with something that resonates within our own lives and inspires us to action within our own communities. Let's start where we are and find ways to work together to create more connected, more vibrant, and indeed more sustainable communities. Join us each week as we learn from each other. Today we continue our series focused on food and its impact on the environment, our health, our communities, and social justice. As many of us encounter the realities and effects of climate change, we look for ways to participate in solutions. Re-examining what we eat and how we buy and prepare our food offers many options for change, large and small. Our guest this morning is Aubrey Alvarez, co-founder and executive director of Eat Greater Des Moines, a nonprofit that unites the community in providing quality food access for all. Started in 2013, they facilitate and build connections to strengthen the area's food system. And we're thrilled to have you join us this morning, Aubrey. Yes, thanks for having me. So you've been on before, but Mm -hmm. not may be familiar with who you are or the wonderful work you do. So why don't you start us off with giving us a brief bio of your journey to this point? Yes, well, brief. It's It's been quite the journey to get to this point. You know, I, I call myself kind of an accidental executive director. Um, <laughs> I actually took this position the position I applied for was a local food coordinator. So I actually come from a health and wellness and nonprofit background and, but always appreciated and enjoyed food, understanding necessarily where it came from or all of the different systems involved in getting food here isn't, wasn't really something that I knew about, or even knew enough to know that I didn't know very much about it until I got into this role. So I actually applied for a local food coordinator position. And initially, um, thank goodness they hired me and my co-founder, Linda Gobberdeal. And Linda really was the one who had a lot more of that food system knowledge. So I was lucky that I was able to go along with her and really meet a lot of the different organizations and groups that are involved throughout the food system. So that's really how, um, and it was through some of those introductions. And we really spent the first six months just asking questions and going around and meeting people all throughout the food system to ask, you know, what's going really well, what would you like to see more of? And then where are there gaps? You know, where are things that we could be working to make better? And that's really, that's what started our work. And really that's what continues the work now, you know, is really just trying to figure out again, um, where are there gaps and how can we bring the right people to the table to address them? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So give us the overall vision behind the organization. Really the overall vision, I would say this is something that, you know, we've struggled with how to explain and because food is something we all relate to, you know, and I think everyone has their own memories and feelings, some good, some bad tied with food. And ultimately, I think the vision for us is that everyone has access to what they need and they can find food in a safe, dignified, healthy manner. So, you know, really, I think I know that we'll have reached our goals when you just see more food 
in all over. We see, and you see good food. You know, when you look out in your community, you're seeing more gardens, you're seeing, you know, successful farms, you're seeing, you know, in our grocery stores and convenience stores, a lot of healthy, fresh options. And, you know, those that are growing the food have enough money to support their families. I think, you know, ultimately um, really our focus is on rebuilding our food system so that we have one that functions and is successful for everybody in it right now. Cause it's not currently, that's not how it's working. Right. Right. So you are in your eighth year. Congratulations. Which is thank huge. you. Yeah. Yeah. It's so nice to still be here and still be like getting paid. It's exciting. Right. So tell us a little bit about how the organization has evolved through the years. You know, we've really, um, I think that's probably been one of our biggest strengths is because we're small and have always been small. We kind of pivot as, you know, things kind of shift and change. So um, we've really, you know, tried to organize and find, you know, where are the ways, because we generally aren't direct service, you know, where are the ways that we can have the biggest impact with the resources and the connections, you know, and collaboration. So, you know, we've always looked at trying to highlight what is already happening in our community. So that's really where Eat Greater Des Moines and our website started was where are all of the community gardens and school gardens and farmers markets? And, Mm -hmm. you know, how can you get to be a part of a community supported agriculture, you know, get a CSA share. So that's really where the website started and then evolved into adding more food recovery options. You know, how, how can we do a better job of taking advantage of all of these valuable resources, valuable food resources that come into our community? Let's make sure that they are consumed and not, then, and, you know, not going the other direction of going into the, to the landfill. So, you know, we've always focused on just trying to make it easier for people Mm -hmm. to connect. So having the listings of all the farmers markets and some of these different options on our website in food recovery, you know, we've again, tried to make some things simpler there as well. So we're working on, we had our chow bank food rescue app that was trying to just make it easier for those who have food to connect with organizations that could use it. And then in the last few years, we took that even a step farther by adding in, you know, even with more awareness, I think about food rescue and food opportunities was having um, the transportation gap has always been really Mm -hmm. huge for, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's not unique to the food system space. I think transportation is a challenge in a lot of ways, but we're really finding that, you know, there was organizations that had food that wanted to donate it. There are organizations that need food, but they don't have the capacity to go and get it. So in 2018, we started our partnership and collaboration with Wesley Life Meals on Wheels, where we hire their, um, they have drivers, they have a fleet of vehicles that was only being used like 10 to two for their Meals on Wheels program. So we started with just paying their drivers, actually paying Wesley Life because they they handle all the managing the drivers. We just do the routes and they go and pick up food. Mostly um, it started off with just the come and go convenience store. So we would let them know where to go and then how uh, they would pick the food up and then deliver it to locations throughout the community. So, you know, that's been a way to move almost a million meals that would have been thrown away. And so now that we've shown that it works and shown that it's valuable, we're really working on more, you know, 
there's still a lot of food out there that we could be capturing. And there's still a lot more places that could use food that we could be engaging. So that's kind of um, over the last year, you know, there's been the pandemic kind of threw everyone for Mm -hmm. a loop. And, you know, food security wasn't, didn't come just because of the pandemic, food security, food insecurity was a barrier and a challenge pre pandemic. The pandemic just threw a lot of people who, you know, had no, they, they just lost their jobs and got thrust into this situation. So mm-hmm. one of our big immediate changes was um, our food rescue transportation program. A lot of the places we had been taking food closed, you know, there weren't, oh. they weren't serving, um, they weren't open anymore. So right. we shifted, you know, there was still this food, but we needed to shift where it was going to go and how people were accessing it in a safe manner. So we went from 40 locations receiving food to 10 rather quickly. At that same time, there was a lot of food still in our community. It just wasn't, you know, it wasn't at schools. It wasn't at events. It wasn't, you know, in some of these catering jobs, um, ever with everything shutting down, it was at our wholesale distributors. So it was at mm-hmm. Capital City Fro- Produce or Lafredo. So we ended up shifting and working more from that angle of, you know, having wholesale options and, you know, they had all this amazing food and they wanted to get it out to the community. So we were able to be that conduit to make it easier for those organizations that could use, you know, they wanted to purchase cases of apples and cases of oranges for $4. So Mm -hmm. we just made that process simple for the Fredo and simple for these organizations. We had a lot of churches, refugee and immigrant groups, a lot of daycares in home and daycare centers that again, where were people located? So how could we then get them food? And that ultimately turned into our fresh produce drop, which we've continued um, over the last, it started in April of last year and has continued since, which was quite the pivot because we've never directly been the ones handling food necessarily. But again, you know, that's kind of been how our work operates is we, we figure it out. And it's also a good example of none of the work that we were doing was just us alone. It was all through partnerships and collaborations with whether it was Des Moines Public Schools, um, Principal Park, letting us operate out of there, Des Moines forklifts, letting us use a forklift or the over 60 groups that were coming and picking these boxes up every week and distributing them. There were a lot of different groups and partners that were really important in stepping in and getting food out to the community. Well, and that is just such an important network and organization that you manage that happens behind the scenes. Like most Mm -hmm. of us don't see the food waste, which is a reality Mm -hmm. or the food need. And just to connect those two within a community is huge and it benefits on so many levels. That's kind of how, you know, I have a really hard time when just with the fact that we still have so many, so much opportunity to be doing better in that space. There is no reason any of these grocery stores, convenience stores, you know, any of these places should be throwing away perfectly good food. It just does not, I don't think the staff that are doing it 
feel good about it. You know, there's, there's options. We have organizations like ours that will come to your organization and pick it up for free and you get a tax benefit. You know, there's so many benefits to participating in food recovery that it's, it's really been challenging for me to understand why more places aren't doing it. And I think that's really where, you know, some of the opportunities are really now for consumers and, you know, where you're spending your dollars and, you know, are you spending, you know, purchasing from businesses and locations that support your values, you know, so we really want to do more in this coming year about kind of lifting up and making it easier for as a consumer to know, you know, am I shopping in a place that is valuing their resources and, you know, takes that extra step to make sure that just because they don't feel like they can sell it at the price they want, it's not trash. It's, it still has a use and it should go somewhere else. So, you know, that's really kind of the next step for us is I think, how can we make it so that more consumers are empowered to feel like they have the knowledge about, you know, there's, it's a lot of generalities when we talk about food rescue, about like, oh, well, who does it? Well, well, you know, these places kind of do it, but you never know. Well, does the place that I shop do it? And that's the information we want people to know is that you can say, you know, we have hundreds of groups that are doing this every day in our community and they don't need to be they're not in competition with each other. You know, there's so much food that's being wasted. We could feed everybody who needs it and still have extra. So we should not be competing with each other. We should be working with each other to say, how can we do this more efficiently and make sure that everything that's available gets picked up and moved. And, you know, that's really where over this last year, um, I think some of those innovative solutions on how do we get food to people safely mm-hmm. and meet them where they're at. When we have so many challenges, you know, that were just exacerbated with COVID-19. And so, you know, really seeing some of these partners uh, we've had, for example, every step has been, you know, they do visits with new moms and seniors and women with children. They've been picking up some of these operation fresh produce drop boxes and taking them directly to families. Hmm. We have, you know, art force Iowa is one of our um, partners and they just started their own community refrigerator. Hmm. Um, you know, looking at more of these community refrigerators that are going up, you know, those are really for us. I think it's about empowering our partners organizations and also empowering communities and neighborhoods to say, you know, we want to have a role in this. And our role here is how can we get you the resources? Because there's plenty of food here. We just need to make sure that we're getting those food resources to the different groups that can then get it to people safely and efficiently. So tell us about, because you have this fantastic find food map on your website. So I encourage everyone to go to, and it, I, I can't say it right now. Is it just eat greater Des Moines? Yep, eat greater Des Moines.org. Okay. Yep. All spelled out. It's very long. Okay. So tell us about this food map. Yes. So our food map um, has, it tries to list all the different food resources that we know about. So we've gone through, we try to be very thoughtful every year and put down all the different school, community and faith-based gardens, farmers markets. You know, this has been, it's exciting to have farmers markets back this year. Mm -hmm. So we just um, released that updated listing of all the farmers markets in our region, plus which ones accept the various food assistance programs. We have farms, um, we have the community refrigerator locations, and that's really 
um, how the website is right now. We're excited uh, in the next year to be adding like more of this food rescue details, like I was sharing. So if you're looking to host an event, do you want to find where's a hotel? Where's an event location that is a good, you know, that participates in food recovery? We want to make that information easy. Same thing with, you know, you have a choice where you're going to do your grocery shopping. We want to make it easy for you to support those, you know, put your dollars where they're also being good stewards of your resources. So we're hoping to um, over the next year expand on all of that information while, while also making it hopefully not overwhelming and easy, you know, based on where you're at. Cause that's, a, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you have many initiatives that have, are there other initiatives that you want to highlight because you really have a lot of great things going on, Aubrey. There is a lot going on. I think, you know, for us right now, um, you know, there's, there's definitely a shift with Operation Fresh Produce Drop that kind of, it came out of the blue and then now it's going to suddenly end at the end of May, which is, you know, kind of really crazy to think about just because it's been so much work to move um, over 2000 boxes every week when you don't have a facility or, you know, forklifts, you know, those kinds of things, infrastructure set up to do it. So, you know, that's kind of for us next, we're excited to be moving into gleaning, which is really just food recovery. Um, I call it on farm food recovery, but it's not really just farms. It's definitely, it is farms where they maybe have um, excess crop that they don't have a market for, or maybe it's the seconds or things that maybe aren't as pretty to sell, you know, at a farmer's market um, that they don't want to pay to harvest. Well, then that's where our gleaning efforts come in is we help organize the volunteers to come because someone like me who doesn't get to harvest, you know, apples very often, or I pay money to do it. I think it's a great time to just go volunteer harvest some excess produce and then all of that food goes to our food rescue partners. So, hmm. you know, that's kind of what we're excited to expand upon um, in this coming growing season. So we're not just, you know, the, the farms obviously are places that we're looking, but we're also asking people to look, just look around your community. You know, are there apple trees that are on, you know, city property that aren't being consumed? Are there pear trees that are in a neighbor's yard that, you know, they don't ever use all of them, you know, looking at some of the city, you know, city property. So that's really what we're trying to do right now as well. We, gleaning is really on farm food recovery. We have a lot of mini farms all over our city that, mm -hmm. you know, if someone's got um, their zucchinis going, you know, out of control, instead of feeling like you have to just leave it on all your neighbors, we are happy to help find a home for all of that extra produce. So that's going to be uh, kind of our next big initiative coming up is just really trying to capture all that good food that's growing here and get it to another spot while at the same time, really looking at our food rescue transportation program. And again, finding um, all these locations where our food is located already, how can we efficiently capture and redistribute it? So, you know, we're going to be purchasing our first refrigerated truck here in the next wow. Yeah. It's very, yeah. it's very exciting. It's, yeah. So do you, if, if there are listeners out there, I, I, I'm just imagining that like the, the big gardening listeners mm -hmm. out there are going, so if I have excess of whatever, can they call you and say, 
Yeah. Can I bring this in or where can I take this? You are welcome. So one easy way to um, find a home for your fresh produce is Chow Bank. It's our free um, smartphone or online app. It's C-H-O-W-B-A-N-K. Uh, .io is the website. So that makes it really simple to put an alert out that goes to our entire network of organizations that could use this food. We also, maybe it's the end of the season or you have, you know, a larger, we do have a lot of amazing community gardens that are like an acre that maybe it would, you know, take a little bit more. We could organize, you know, a few more volunteers to come and help harvest. We're happy to do that as well. I think for us, we just want to, we're trying to talk about it now so we can get things, a general idea on when we could be doing that. So we have enough volunteers ready to go, but that's really what our role is. So if there are groups or someone has, you know, extra garden produce, um, that's also where our find food website is very helpful. Just a lot of times donating that fresh produce, it's knowing who's open, you know, where can I take it right now? And we are uh, lucky that we do have, you know, quite a few, we have, some community refrigerators that have been popping up mm -hmm. that are really simple and easy. And that food goes very quickly in those locations. So those are a, a great option as well. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have any community and we just have a, like a minute left, but I'm just curious, has anyone adopted this kind of system elsewhere it, around the state or beyond? Because it really makes a lot of sense. I agree. Well, that's kind of the role that I've been wanting to play. We've been wanting to play is just helping other communities kind of take the approach we are of, you know, we're really just the, the matchmakers and the connections, the connector between all these different groups. So, you know, through some of the work we were doing with the operation, fresh produce job, I've been able to, you know, working with Bill Menner and, you know, there's a group in Grinnell that's been doing some similar work. And, you know, those are the things that makes me really excited because that's really, I kind of consider myself just a professional hype person to say, yeah, that's a great idea. You should do it. And, you know, my role too is I don't want any of these groups to feel like they have to start from scratch. We are happy right. to share any of our, you know, resources, lessons learned to make the process of getting started easier, but it's really important, you know, for, we've never wanted to be necessarily statewide, you know, because we're really invested in our community and it takes knowing the people being there showing up and knowing who to call that makes this work. And so that's really what we want to empower others to do in their own communities is know, you know, where are the places that have food? Where are the places that could use food? You know, your community best. How can we help you work through some of the hurdles? And then, you know, yeah. you'll have plenty of your own good ideas that we'd be happy to right. maybe, you know, try out here as well. Right. So any final words of wisdom for our listeners today, Aubrey? I, you know, as someone who, um, you know, food is such an important, you know, it's powerful for all of us. So I think, you know, really recognize the power that you have every time you go shopping, you know, you make a choice on, you know, where you're buying food, what you're buying, what you're supporting and make sure that it aligns with your, your values ultimately of what you want to see in the world of anything over the last year. I think we've all hopefully got a better appreciation of how fragile some of these systems really are. And so being able to put our money and resources into those that, you know, we want to see more of is more important now than ever. Right. Right. 
Well, thank you so much for sharing with us today. You're a wealth of knowledge and, and you really are a key, key connector in the community. So thank you. Thank you. So um, a reminder that this show is available via podcast on the website, yourgreenportal.com, along with the corresponding blog. You can also listen on Spotify. Tune in next week as we continue our discussion on food. And until then, stay healthy, stay engaged, and thanks for listening. And thanks again, Aubrey. Thank you. That's all for this edition of Green City. I'm Lene Marty Henson, and I hope you continue to listen in on these conversations focused on the broad realm of sustainability. I truly believe that we go further faster when we come together to have real dialogue, inspiring us toward practical solutions. Let's continue to learn from each other how best to nurture this precious planet we call home. Thanks for listening. We are truly grateful.